Hello everyone and welcome to Internalized Weight Loss Podcast. The title of today's interview is The Top Medical Questions Every Person Struggling to Lose Weight and Keep It Off Needs to Know the Answer to. My name is Oliver Carlin and today I'm talking with weight loss medical expert Dr. Sandra Cabot about potential medical issues that could prevent overweight people from losing weight no matter how hard they try especially if they have tried before and failed. So the big question is this, how do people that are overweight and confused about weight loss able to finally get the body of their dreams and be healthy while still being able to eat normal, not spend hours in the gym, or have to go to extreme measures to get there, even if they've tried before and failed? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Oliver Carlin, and welcome to Internalized Weight Loss. Welcome, Dr. Sandra Cabot. Well, it's lovely to be part of your program, Oliver. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Dr. Cabot is a well-known expert on the subject of weight loss who has a whopping 44 years of experience in the medical field. She is an international best-selling author with 50 published books and over a million copies sold. Dr. Cabot believes that one of the most important health issues for people today is the control of obesity and the prevention of diabetes, as well as educating our children about self-esteem, good diet, and healthy lifestyle. She has graciously agreed to join us for this interview to share extensive knowledge and experience so every person that is struggling to lose weight can find out if they have a medical condition that is preventing them from losing weight, no matter how hard they try, and what they should do about it. Dr. Cabot, thank you again for joining us on this live interview. Pleasure, Oliver, and a very good subject. Uh, you know, the medical causes for inability to lose weight are often quite subtle and don't get picked up. Uh, but even though they're subtle, in many cases, they're vitally important and they can be an obstacle to continual and permanent weight loss and they result in people becoming disappointed and uh, frustrated and giving up and so they don't reach their long-term goal of a healthy weight. So they need to be picked up. Absolutely, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. People that I've met have always, um, weight loss is such a confusing thing. And a lot of times people just, you know, they could have a medical condition and they don't know. So. <clears throat> yes. Well, you know, one of the most common obstacles to successful weight loss is the liver. If it is not healthy, because a healthy liver is vital for your metabolism. If it's healthy, your liver will regulate fat and sugar metabolism. However, if your liver is overloaded, overworked, exposed to too many toxic chemicals, too much sugar, um, and you get a fatty liver, then it's much harder to lose weight unless you help your liver, you support your liver so that your liver functions more efficiently. And so often in people 
who are stuck on a weight plateau, I say to them, well, let's focus on your liver. And first of all, we can check the liver with a simple ultrasound scan, which will show its texture and size. And if it's fatty, it may be slightly enlarged and will have a different texture due to the fat that is stored within it. So if more than 5% of a liver's weight is fat, that's abnormal. And you'll see that on a scan. Also, you may have elevated liver enzymes in a blood test for liver function and that indicates that the liver is inflamed. In other words, it's being damaged by the excessive amount of fat inside it. So we have to improve the liver's ability to metabolize fat and we have to reduce the inflammation in the liver. And that can provide the missing part of the jigsaw puzzle. Then people start to see results with their weight. They'll start to feel more energized. Their mood will improve. And it becomes much easier for them. Interesting. I never, um, I never would have guessed that the liver would have played such a crucial role in your ability to lose weight. Yes, a lot of people don't think about it. Um, they think, well, the liver does its own thing. You know, it, uh, it's in our body, it's a large organ, and it's designed to take care of us, um, to filter and cleanse our bloodstream, to break down toxic chemicals, to regulate blood sugar and fat levels. But today, the liver is exposed to so many more adverse environmental influences um, and so the liver problems are exceedingly common and under-recognized. So I always have a really good look at a person's liver. And, you know, on our Liver Doctor website, we talk about the liver function tests and we talk about just being aware of the symptoms that indicate that your liver is the problem, such as the increased amount of fat around the upper abdomen, um, a sallow complexion, um, skin rashes, brown spots on the skin, uh, dark circles under the eyes, uh, kind of a yellowish look to the whites of your eyes, um, headaches, fatigue, allergies, bad breath, overheating, excessive sweating, and also um, you can feel uh, you know, extremely irritable. So the liver can affect your moods tremendously. You know, metaphysically, the liver is known as the seat of anger. And so if, if you are moody and irritable and overheated, then this is a sure sign that your liver needs help. Also, a coat of tongue, a bad breath, indigestion, gallstones, and all these things, if you've got three or four symptoms, it will indicate you need to improve your liver. And, you know, it's really interesting. I had a, a patient call one day and picked up the phone, so she was lucky. Um, and she was a very distressed lady because she'd been to a liver specialist, which we call a hepatologist, and her liver didn't look healthy. She had a special 
scan or imaging test of a liver called a fibro scan which detects stiffness and therefore possibility of scarring and cirrhosis in the liver and her reading was very high indicating possible cirrhosis and she was very overweight uh, her liver enzymes were elevated so the liver doctor said well uh, you know you've got a high chance that you'll need a liver transplant your liver is very inflamed and i think that there's, there's something really attacking your liver but the underlying cause was the fact the lady was eating so much sugar and it gets turned into fat in the liver. She had a very bad fatty liver that was so inflamed and swollen it made the liver stiff and gives the false appearance of cirrhosis. So I put this lady on a good detox program with a good liver formula and we gave her the 15 day cleanse and within three months she had lost a lot of weight, you know, about 50 pounds, and she felt very well, and her liver tests were almost normal. So, you know, this woman was really frightened, and because she didn't understand that the liver is able to repair and renew itself better than any other part of the body. So, you know, people don't really understand the liver, they don't understand how strategic it is when it comes to your overall health and your weight. So that's an interesting case history. So if you're stuck on a plateau and you're not feeling well, don't give up. Think about your liver because when you improve your liver function, a lot of other things get better. That's why I've written a lot of books on the liver. You know, I'm learned a lot just by treating people's livers and seeing the diverse benefits that you wouldn't have expected <laughs> because uh, this is the wonderful thing about integrative medicine so if you're battling with your weight think about your liver get to understand the liver and work on that interesting so i wonder i wonder what causes like how does that how does the liver cause you I to cause your body to just put on more fat overall yeah interesting question Oliver because the the liver has a lot of functions to do with metabolism and the storage of fat so if you have a fatty liver you won't be able to lose weight easily now a lot of people with a fatty liver are what we call insulin resistant so they don't tolerate eating carbohydrates so if they eat grains and sugar and don't exercise much they store that carbohydrate straight away as fat they'll often have elevated levels of insulin in a blood test and they may be pre-diabetic so they're just born that way they're prone to diabetes and they have to adjust their diet so that it's much lower in carbohydrate and that will control their metabolism hormones, namely the insulin leptin. So it's not so much how much they're eating, it's usually what they're eating. And, you know, of course, exercise is important to lower insulin levels, but if you're very overweight and tired, uh, you, you don't feel like exercising. So the good thing is about improving the liver is it does restore well-being and you'll become more motivated. 
But some of the reasons why people have liver problems is they just eat too much carbohydrate and they overeat or they snack. You know, we're not meant to eat continually through the day. And uh, a lot of people have adopted this paradigm of intermittent fasting, which is actually very good for the liver. And, you know, I'll often say to people, well, try missing one meal a day, perhaps breakfast or lunch. You don't need food if you're overweight. Just drink water. You know, water is one of the best things for your liver. And filtered water, obviously, is better, but if you can't afford it, even regular water is good. Um, and the other thing, people drink too much alcohol. Um, you know, you really shouldn't be having more than five or six standard drinks a week. And people are not careful with the chemicals they use in their home. Um, people are exposed to a lot of pollution. Uh, driving a car or uh, people use food that is packaged in plastic and they heat it in a microwave oven which radiates the food. So that's bad for the liver. Uh, people don't eat enough raw food. They don't eat enough salads and, and fruits, raw unprocessed food. And they need to eat healthy fats. Uh, people erroneously believe that fatty liver comes from eating too much fat. That's not true. It comes from eating too much carbohydrate. So we need the healthy fats. We need the coconut fat. We need the avocados, eggs, um, organic dairy if you can get it, or you know, unprocessed dairy. It, it is okay for most people, um, but don't overdo the dairy. And try and have... Um, Small fish, they're much safer than have the heavy metals. Um, so don't go on a low-fat diet. That's the last thing, because that isn't going to work to help you lose weight or to reverse a fatty liver. Interesting. And also, you can use herbs, or you guys say herbs. Us Aussies say herbs, and uh, you know, grow some herbs if you have a, a garden, even like a van. Randa Garden, you can grow basil and cilantro and um, chives, things like that. You know, these are powerful foods that can repair the liver. Um, garlic is also very good. Um, have a lot of grated carrot, grated beet, a lot of green leaf stuff. Uh, you know, like Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. And when it comes to the liver, this is very important. So, you know, there's a lot um, of information in my book on the liver. I've written a book called Fatty Liver, How to Reverse It, and they, there's a big um, story in there about a lovely American doctor who's a cancer specialist who had a very bad fatty liver and reversed it uh, just by changing his diet and um, taking a good liver formula. So, um, you know, it does work, that's the thing. It really does work. Um, so think of your liver and then that usually works but what if there's other things happening that could be the cause of a sluggish metabolism we've got to think about other hormones particularly the thyroid now there's a lot on the internet about the thyroid and I think that's good but really it's very simple you know your thyroid gland controls your metabolic rate if you have a 
unhealthy thyroid, perhaps it's not getting the iodine or selenium that it needs through the diet, or perhaps it's being irradiated too much by your cell phone, um, or perhaps you have an autoimmune thyroid inflammation called Hashimoto's, which is extremely common, um, then that is going to make it much harder for you to lose weight because your metabolic rate will slow down. So a lot of people are low in iodine. It's a huge problem worldwide. And you won't get enough iodine in your diet unless you take a supplement and or you're eating seaweed. So you've got to be careful with the seaweeds because if they come from Asia, they can be contaminated. Um, so I, I you tell people to be very selective about the type of seaweeds and kelp that they would buy. Um, but you can use those things in soups, in stocks, um, or you can stir them into juices. So kelp powder is good. Um, and also selenium is a mineral that is essential to a healthy thyroid. Worldwide, there is a big deficiency of selenium in the soils. And the other thing, Oliver, it's quite difficult to measure selenium in a person's body because the blood test only shows whether they've taken a supplement recently uh, because it's just the tip of the iceberg. And if someone who's selenium deficient, a blood test may show that they don't look too bad because they've just started taking selenium supplements. But it takes several months for the selenium in the blood to be incorporated into the inner part of the cells we call the nucleus, and that's where selenium exerts its beneficial effects. So don't be concerned about a blood test for selenium. Um, it's really not essential. Um, if you have a thyroid problem, I would take a selenium and an iodine supplement. So um, that's very important and um, we have information about that on the Liver Doctor website. Now, what if you do have an underactive thyroid and it's been so damaged by various factors that you need to take thyroid hormone? Well, that's not a bad thing because it's a natural hormone. But some people are intolerant to the thyroid hormone or they find that the syndroid or the thyronine doesn't work very well after a while. And this is because they are deficient in selenium and perhaps iodine. You see, you need to convert the thyroid hormone to its active form. And it's really interesting, if you are deficient in these minerals, the thyroid hormone tablet that you're taking won't work as well because you won't convert it to the active form. Also, a healthy liver is very important because thyroid metabolism is also occurring in your liver. So it's, it's like um, a balancing act. You, know, you, re you really need to address these nutritional deficiencies and your liver function if you have a thyroid problem. And it can make a big difference to people who are struggling with their weight when you give them the iodine and selenium and you take them off gluten 
and you reduce the amount of radiation to the thyroid gland. So hopefully that's been helpful for you there. Oh, absolutely. Um, something interesting yeah. you were saying. So what I got, the big stuff out of what you were saying, you know, was the liver is going to affect the metabolism. The thyroid affects the metabolism. And um, so selenium and iodine are crucial um, minerals for, you know, allowing your body to actually process the hormones and everything to be effective to help your metabolism. Um, yes, the liver comes in in every problem. So sometimes it's not just the liver, you know, there's other factors there uh, that need to be addressed. Um, so the thyroid is dependent on a healthy liver uh, and that, that is important to understand. But these problems really respond so wonderfully to nutritional medicine and they're based in physiology. There's a lot of scientific studies to show that this uh, way of treating people with integrated medicine really works. And also, Oliver, it's not expensive, you know, because a lot of people go, oh, well, I don't want to have to take 20 different supplements. It's too much for people. So I try and bring out the really vitally important nutrients that can really turn around the people's uh, metabolism. And so, uh, you know, the thyroid is so important. And in women, um, what we often find too is that if their ovaries are not working problem, properly, their thyroid is not working properly. So once again, you know, this relationship of the different organs of the body to each other is very important. So. Typically, uh, a woman who has an unmixed thyroid will be low in the hormone progesterone, which is made in the second half of the monthly menstrual cycle. And this will cause heavy and or painful menstrual bleeding and iron deficiency. And this will exacerbate the weight gain. So what we, can, what we find is when we improve the thyroid, the menstrual cycle will improve and the amount of bleeding will reduce, but we may need to use some natural progesterone as well in the form of a cream. And that can help weight loss, particularly around the hips and the thighs. Uh, so the other thing is the, if the ovaries are not working properly, let's say you're not ovulating regularly every month because you've got polycystic ovaries, you want to produce progesterone and that will impact adversely on the thyroid gland. So I always look at the ovaries as well um, and look for signs of inadequate progesterone. Women with polycystic ovaries, they don't ovulate regularly, they produce um, too much testosterone, they don't produce enough progesterone. This can cause insulin resistance, it can cause weight gain in the abdominal area around the hips and thighs. So, you know, just by this um, balancing of the progesterone and the thyroid uh, with the progesterone cream and perhaps the thyroid supplement that contains selenium and iodine, a little bit of zinc, then we can get the body in balance again. And that subtle change will make a powerful difference on the metabolism. And it's really helpful for people. Um, but they just think, wow, you know, this is 
really starting to manifest um, as changes that I can feel observe. Wow, so the ovaries play a crucial role. So there's this huge balancing act going on. You've got the yeah. liver, you've got the ovaries, and you've got the uh, the thyroid all trying to yeah. create a balanced metabolism in the body. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I wrote a book about this called I Can't Lose Weight and I Don't Know Why. And it addresses all these hidden problems. The other one is if you've been exposed to a lot of toxic chemicals, which, of course, is a losing battle these days, like plastics. Um, and solvents, insecticides, cleaning products, um, outgassing from cars that are new and, and houses. You know, these chemicals masquerade as hormones, so they act as false hormones, and a lot of them are fat-soluble, and so they get stored in the fatty parts of your body, like a fatty liver or your fatty tissue, and they slow down the metabolism of the fat cells. So we call these toxic chemicals obesogens, obesogens because they do make you obese. And so that's why detoxification is good. You know, drinking water, one of the best things you can do to lose weight. It's the best form of detoxification. Um, eating more salads, uh, more organic foods, our processed foods, perhaps having a little herb garden or vegetable garden and doing a 15-day cleanse program, um, you know, taking some formulas that would help uh, your liver to break down toxins, that can help a lot with weight loss as well. So, you know, we've got to try and minimise the workload of our liver and our fat cells. Our fat cells are there to burn fat. They're not there to store toxins. Interesting. So toxins can affect your body's ability to to burn fat and take fat off and lose weight. Yes, absolutely. That's right. It's a huge factor. And the other thing, if you have the wrong bacteria in your gut, this is another factor in keeping you overweight. And this is because the wrong types of bacteria need sugar. They crave sugar. So that create chemicals that affect your gut and your brain and make you crave sugar. They want to be fed, right? They're parasites, such as Helicobacter pylori or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So... You know, when you eat sugar, the amount of these unhealthy bacteria increase dramatically. And they produce these toxins and chemicals that make you crave sugar. And that really affects the brain and makes it hard to stick to a healthy diet. So this is one of the benefits of missing one meal a day and not snacking. And eating foods that are natural antibiotics like garlic or raw coconut or herbs like um, basil or thyme or oregano um, and also uh, organic apple slovenia. You don't have some of that in the middle of a meal and that will act as a probiotic and help to reduce the bad bacteria and you can also 
start fermenting some vegetables and that will give you trillions of healthy bacteria which will help to overcome bad bacteria. You know, I've had a patient once who was totally addicted to sugar, totally, just as much as you could get addicted to nicotine and heroin. And he would eat enormous amounts of sugar, so much so that his gut was full of yeast and unhealthy bacteria and they would ferment the sugar into alcohol and he actually got convicted of uh, driving under the influence of excessive alcohol. <laughs> it was only his diet. And I had to act as an expert witness for this guy to, to get him off. And I believed him, you know, and his wife was there and she was pleading too. And I um, totally changed his diet and his mental state improved dramatically. And his blood alcohol level was normal. So, you know, our mental state is profoundly affected by the type of bacteria in our gut. Uh, so these are little techniques. You know, if you're not hungry, don't eat. If you are hungry, eat something that kills bad bacteria. Like raw coconut is a good natural antibiotic. Salads, uh, herbal teas. Um, there's lots of foods, horseradish, garlic, onions, radish, things like that are, are very helpful. Um, and, you know, we've got to try and cure people of sugar addictions. We really do, because sugar will kill you just as much as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Interesting. So, so the type of bars in your gut, very, very important to lose weight. So you're saying sugar is is just as deadly as like smoking? How how does how does sugar yeah. um, how would sugar, you know, kill somebody? Well, look at diabetes. It's an epidemic and it kills a lot of people before they should at a young age, you know, mm. because the sugar causes all of the deterioration in the proteins in our body. Sugar's sticky and it sticks to the vital proteins in your body and they all get tangled up. So they form plaque. So you can get neuropathy, you can get kidney damage, uh, you can get blocked arteries from the sugar, uh, you get plaque in your brain, you get dementia. Sugar is very, very toxic. Now I'm not talking about fruit, I'm talking about all processed food and, you know, candies and eating too much sugar, you know, we really um, need to control that. Um, it is very pro-inflammatory and inflammation causes disease. So I think that's very, very important, you know, for people to look at how much sugar they're eating. Um, like, look at the ketogenic diet. Everybody heard of that. I think Dr. Atkins made that famous. And, you know, he was spot on. He, he was way ahead of his time and he was a cardiologist. And he said, you have to quit carbohydrates if you have cardiovascular disease, you're overweight. Um, you've got to go off the grains, you've got to go off the sugar. And this will get your insulin down. And that's important because insulin is a fat storing hormone. And we can prevent so many diseases if we stop eating excessive amounts of sugar. Mm. We will lose weight like you wouldn't believe is so important just by replacing the sugar with healthy fats and protein because one of the best sources of protein is eggs they're inexpensive they're 
full of antioxidants and good fat and protein, um, and they have no effect on your cholesterol. Interesting. Now, I like what you said about... Yeah. You said... Hey, we could create an egg diet, right? An egg for breakfast, an egg for lunch, an egg for dinner. Yeah. That'll get boiled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's healthy, you know? People, people should be eating foods that God created, <laughs> mm. not man created. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, kind of like the paleo diet <laughs> used to really stress was like whole foods and stuff like that from the earth and... Um, yeah. Yeah. So and, um, and people look at the cost, you know, like a you know, eating a bit of butter and eggs and some healthy cheese, some fish, some seeds, some nuts. You know, it 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 fills you up. You know, fat really fills you up, takes away hunger. So you probably end up saving a lot of money that way. <laughs> High sugar foods are very processed, and they cost a lot of money. Right. Right. And we don't want to eat trans fats there in the processed food. So for a lot of people, you know, they're not overeating that much, but they are eating the wrong foods. Now, mm. the other thing that affects your weight is your brain chemistry. You know, if you're depressed, if you're not making enough brain transmitters, and um, we make our brain transmitters from protein, so from amino acids that come from protein like dupesan and tyrosine. So eating protein is going to improve your mood and that will reduce your cravings. Now, if people have depression and anxiety and are comfort eaters, then that's important to address. So, you know, they need to look at uh, relaxation therapies, um, perhaps learning to meditate, uh, perhaps doing Pilates, Tai Chi, just going out in the fresh air, doing some deep breathing, um, and you know, looking at nature. Uh, they need to work on their self-esteem, improve their self-esteem. Very, very important. Um, you, you've got to learn to love yourself to help. And you know, a lot of people uh, they don't believe in their own power. And that's very important because you can achieve anything in this life through persistence. And one of my favorite sayings is, it's not original actually, it's from Henry Ford, but it is, whether you think you can or whether you think you cannot, you are right. You just have to persist. And as your mind will be the greatest enemy, it will tell you, oh, you're a failure. You know, look, you're not losing weight. Um, you know, you're going to get stressed and you're going to turn back the thing that comforts you. Mm. You've got to stop listening to that. You've got to stop listening to that. And you've got to get in touch with your true self. And that's where meditation helps to put you in touch with the energy to sustain your life. And it, make, it satisfies those cravings. You know, self-esteem's a big thing. And I often say to people... Don't weigh yourself every day. Throw the scales away. Because what are you trying to achieve? You know, you want to be the skinniest corpse in the cemetery? No, you want to be a healthy person and you want to enjoy life. But to do that, you need to have a healthy weight. So let's look at the journey of getting healthy and having a healthy diet and 
learn to love ourself. Focus on that. You will lose weight. You cannot fake because it's based on science and physiology. You just have to persist. And don't listen to negativity from yourself. The greatest enemy for people losing weight is often between their ears. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's very good info. Um, one thing, yeah. one thing you mentioned was, you know, the fact that people aren't really overeating by that much in general. They're just eating foods, I guess, that aren't that aren't that are, are bad for them, essentially, and causing all these problems in their body. Huge problems. You know, we're eating nutrient deficient, sugar rich foods, and this is. You know, the food industry, um, you really have to be careful not to be a sheep, you know, and, and just get sucked in by what you see on the media. There's a lot of false information out there. Um, and that's why I write books, because I, I try and share, you know, this physiology. I've been a, a medical doctor for nearly 45 years and I've always used integrated medicine and you know I see a lot of influence from the drug companies to make people dependent on various medications you know, for example diabetes you know well people go to the doctor and they, they become a diabetic not a person and the diabetes industry is huge. There's so many drugs for diabetes. Now, some drugs, they do help. But there's so many new ones. They're coming out at a rate of knots, you know. And we don't focus enough on telling people the simple basics. Cut out the thing that's making you diabetic. Now, look, if you don't want to change your diet, because you're not motivated and you love sugar, that's fine. You know, I'm not... A nanny. I'm not going to be telling people what to do. But, you know, in my medical practice, I see people who want to take a more scientific approach and they, they're willing to change their diet and they're willing to maybe take some magnesium uh, to help their sugar metabolism. You know, there are supplements which can help to lower blood sugar and insulin. Uh, berberine is a very good herb. That can help to lower insulin. It's been proven to be just as effective as the drug metformin. Um, magnesium, very important for people with diabetes. And you know, people need a lot more information about the cause of diabetes, not so much information on the drugs. Now, there's two types of diabetes. Obviously, if you're a diabetic, one diabetic, you need insulin, and insulin is not a drug, it's a natural hormone. But the vast majority of diabetics are type 2. And what causes that is eating too much carbohydrate. And that is related to the insulin resistance. Their insulin doesn't work properly. So if we can get their insulin down and we can get their insulin working better, their blood sugar comes down through inexpensive basic techniques like bit more exercise, some magnesium, some berberine, um, eating more protein, health fats, 
then that's going to save the government a lot of money. And it's also going to get better outcomes because you're going to reduce the complications of diabetes. Now, sometimes people need drugs as well, but if we're able to integrate that with nutritional medicine, they won't need to take big doses and they won't be at such a high risk of side effects. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's great. I mean, that's one thing I believe too is you know you should go to the source of the problem instead of treating the symptoms of the problem. I think that's great advice. Yeah, but you, you know, motivate people, and how do you motivate people? You give them understanding, and they go, "Oh, I didn't know that. That doesn't sound too hard." You know, it's, there's so much confusion because the emphasis is in the wrong place. Exactly. But, you know, a lot of type, a lot of type two diabetics can reverse their disease, and then they won't get the complications. They won't get the neuropathy. They won't get the kidney failure. They, they just need the right direction, and they'll lose weight much more easily. You've got to get the hunger hormones down. You've got to get the insulin down because it's a fat-free hormone. You've got to get the hormone called leptin, L-E-P-T-I-N, leptin. You've got to get that working because that regulates hunger as well. And when a person has been overweight for a long time, if you test their blood levels of leptin, it's very, very high. It shouldn't be above 12, but they might have a level of 400. So we've got to get that down. And we've got to get the brain listening to that hormone so that people have normal hunger. You know, people eat like an automate, like a robot. Oh, I eat, you know, I know I need to have three meals a day and eat snacks so my blood sugar doesn't drop. Often that's the wrong advice. Uh, people are overeating and they're eating too much carbohydrate in particular. So their leptin level won't come down, their insulin level won't come down. So all those hormones are very, very critical. It takes time, might take two or three months to achieve that. It's a gradual process. Mm. But it works, you know, it's based on science and it makes it so much easier. You know, one way we can lower leptin is by getting to pe people to eat foods that are more brightly colored, that particularly have uh, purple and red and blue pigments, like blueberries, beetroots, red cabbage, anything red or purple, because that pigment contains a substance called polyphenols, and they've been shown to lower leptin. So that's going to help with weight loss a lot. Now, most people may not even know what leptin is. What what exactly is leptin in, in our body? Yeah, well, le leptin is a hormone that's made by your fat cells. And its purpose is to regulate how much fat you store and how much you need to eat. So what we find is uh, that people who have been overweight for a long time, the brain doesn't hear the leptin signal, so the brain becomes insensitive to the leptin. So they don't really know when they should be hungry, they're always hungry. And this causes them to eat too often and too much. 
So it's meant to be a homeostasis hormone to keep us at a healthy weight. But if we're eating the wrong foods, the out of balance, too much carbohydrate, and it could be no weight for a long time, leptin stops working. It can't regulate our weight anymore. And so this is why it's important people to eat the right types of foods and there's no drug that will bring down leptin you know the drug companies have been looking to produce a drug that bring down leptin or regulate leptin for many many years you have to do it by eating foods that are high in this purple stuff or having you know, powders that are high in the purple stuff like beet powder juicing purple cabbage uh, you know, it's interesting that these things will actually help to lose weight. And also, you know, keeping your liver healthy because the liver breaks down hormones. And like what we find in people who are overweight, they have, often have a lot of hormone imbalances because they've got a fatty liver. And the liver's not breaking down the excessive amounts of estrogen that are being produced in their fat. Uh, it's not regulating the thyroid hormone. It's not metabolizing leptin and this makes it much much harder to lose the weight so it's not hard to regulate these hormones insulin and leptin we just have to change the types of foods we're eating and we might need to take some supplements not huge amounts but there's particularly good ones like berberine uh, magnesium we might need some selenium, some iodine for the thyroid. And we need healthy fats because that helps our brain to communicate with the hunger hormones. So as I was saying, you know, coconut oil, coconut milk, avocados, very, very healthy fat for weight loss. Eggs, nuts, seeds. So your chia seeds, your hemp seeds, Tahini paste. It's high in healthy fat. That will help your liver. So you know, we really need a different shopping list, Oliver. <laughs> you, know, you, go, you, go, you, don't, you don't go to the processed food section in the supermarket. But, you know, this, I think a lot of those snack foods and these you know, processed foods are very addictive, you know. It's just got to change the pathways in the brain to stop craving these things and you give people understanding and that will change their pathways. Hmm. Now do you do you think like the glycemic index is something to pay attention to for people? Well the glycemic index uh, evaluates the effect that different foods will have on a person's blood sugar. So if you eat sugar, you know, then you have a really high glycemic index of 100, you convert straight into sugar in your blood. Um, whereas if you have um, something like an avocado or an egg, you have a very low glycemic index, it won't get turned into sugar at all. Uh, so I think it's helpful for people. Um, you can definitely look at the glycemic index. Um, but if you avoid grains that are processed, you know, like you don't eat bread, you don't eat pastry, you don't eat pasta, you don't eat muffins, cut out the flour, 
um, you're not eating potato chips, you're not eating pretzels, um, you're not having packaged snack foods, then you will be eating high glycemic index foods anyway. Right. And food packaging can be a bit misleading too. So if I have a passion who's really overweight and they have a very fatty liver, I just tell them don't eat grains, don't eat rice. So got a high glycemic index, don't eat rice. Don't eat wheat, rye, barley, oats. Don't eat sugar. Don't eat foods that are made from grains and sugar. And replace those foods with protein, healthy fats, fruits and vegetables. And that takes care of it. Um, if you're really overweight, you're not going to have too much fruit because, you know, there are fruits that have a high glycemic index. So the best fruits would be uh, citrus or passion fruit, kiwi fruit. Um, apples are good, but not apple juice. You know, you don't want to start having fruit juice. That's got a high glycemic index. Mm. But don't have more than two or three pieces a day. And, you know, if you eat more acidic fruits, that's good, like a lemon will help you to lose weight. Anything naturally acidic uh, will lower insulin and that'll cause fat burning. So your lemons, your grapefruits, your limes, um, that will help you lose weight. Organic apple cider vinegar, if you have that in the middle of a meal, that's been shown to reduce the rise in blood sugar that happens after a meal. So those naturally acidic fruits are really good. Wow, that's interesting. Now, one thing you said was the mm. the grains to cut out grains complete. Now, what if what if someone's eating like a, just a, a a whole grain that's really low on the glycemic index? Is that still bad for their liver and everything, or would it be okay if it was lower on the glycemic index? Well, it would be better for them if it was lower. But if someone is very overweight, let's say their body mass index is forty. Um, they're obese and they've got a very bad fatty liver. You've got to bring the carbohydrate level way down. So you're much better to go grain free uh, until they that. get, yeah, until they get into a lower weight range. Uh, even on a ketogenic diet, it only gives you 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrate a day. So you won't be eating any fruit, you won't be eating any grains. You'll be mainly eating meat, eggs, fish, cheese, avocado, and green vegetables. It works. You will lose weight, but you can't do that forever. Mm. Because then you're going to miss out on the antioxidants in fruit and the uh, phytonutrients that prevent cancer. Mm. But to get people started, it's very, very good. Mm. And also, there's lots of ways you can lose weight, right? It's persistence, as I said. Um, some, and there's many different ways. Some people like to look at the glycemic index, and that's helpful. But very, very overweight people, I'll say, don't have any grass. Right, right. And just stick to, just stick to natural food that hasn't been touched by man. Yeah, I think that'd be, that'd just be better in general. Like. Yeah, until you get some weight off, um, you know, you've got to get it 
start it. You've got to get the insulin down. You know, if you're on a ketogenic diet, after um, about couple of days, your insulin will be extremely low. Um, you'll go into autophagy where the cells are breaking down the old worn-out parts and replacing them with new parts. It's a self-cleaning process known as autophagy, which is very beneficial for cancer patients. Um, if they've got a rapidly growing tumour um, and you will have ketone chemicals in your urine because you are using your fat for energy you're turning your fat into ketones and healthy cells can use that for energy and this is the way it works so you'll be able to test the amount of ketones in your urine with a keto stick and that's the only way that you will get into ketosis is to have 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates a day. It's not very much. And it's very safe. You can do it for two or three weeks. Um, and you can't do it if you're a diabetic. It's a little bit risky. Um, but you can do it if you're pre-diabetic. And if you're a diabetic type 1, you can't do it at all because most people... Uh, it's very dangerous ketosis. Uh, so it is. I like to, you know, look at everyone as an individual, and we we look at all the different factors. You know, we very important to exclude diabetes. Very important to check the thyroid, check the nutritional deficiencies, check their liver, examine their diet very carefully. Look at their mental state. Look at their environment. Are they exposed to toxins? Look at the type of bacteria that they have in their gut and you do think know that um, you know just by asking for symptoms um, you don't have to have a whole lot of expensive poo tests and things like that but you know if you've got the money you can go and have them you know you can have a parasite in your stomach called helicobacter which is making you crave sugar and so we, we need to look at all the factors that are operating there in that individual no matter what route you take, you know, whether you go ketogenic or paleo, um, intermittent fasting, liver cleansing, you will be successful. It's all based on science and you just have to get regular follow-up so you stay focused and motivated. Mm. That's very important. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a great point, you know, a, a lot of the diets out there, they all have really good aspects to them. But like you said, the key is people get on them and they can't keep doing them. And then they just go back to normal and then put all the weight back on. And they got to find that balance. That's right. That stress gets in the way and they turn back to their old adaptive behaviors, how they cope with stress. So, you know, if you're weight, you are a comfort eater. And so that means that when you overeat, it spikes your dopamine, which is the chemical of satisfaction and reward. We've well, got to learn to spike your dopamine with other things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a bit of exercise, good friends, um, mm, yeah. meditation, eating protein. You know, it's, it's very important to have an ongoing support. You might even just do it with a friend, you know, get the support from a friend or go to Overeaters Anonymous. You have that in the United States, right? Overeaters Anonymous. 
very good. Don't try and do it alone. And, you know, read regularly, like you can read my book, Can't Lose Weight and Don't Know Why, and read it regularly and it, it'll motivate you. We all need reminding of what's good for us, but we forget, we've got to nurture ourselves, we've got to love ourselves back to health, we've got to believe in ourselves, we've got to have good self-esteem. You know, we don't want to shorten our life, being overweight and becoming diabetic. You know, we're worth more than that. And particularly with women, they often put everybody first. You know, they're carers and they look after everyone else. Mm. But they're neglecting themselves at the same time. So you've got to keep that focus. All right. Now, we've covered a lot of, of really good information. There was just a couple more things I wanted to hit on because I think they're really important. Um... Uh, one of them was um, this. I know some people struggle with sleep and everything. Do you think sleep is an important thing for um, people that are trying to lose weight? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, and like if you go to bed at night with too much food in your gut, particularly high carb food, you've got the wrong bacteria in your gut, cause a leaky gut, it'll cause a leaky blood brain barrier and you'll have poor quality sleep. There's one very interesting thing about sleep. You have to go into a deep sleep. And when that occurs, they've done studies which show that the spaces between parts of the brain actually expand so that the fluid that circulates around the brain can flow faster and more freely and pick up the toxins. So when you sleep, you actually do a brain detox, and that helps your moods. So if you don't go into a deep sleep, you know, you're going to be mentally, you're not going to be good. So how to get a good sleep, very important. You know, melatonin can help, magnesium can help with sleep. Um, don't eat too late at night. Don't drink alcohol in excess. Um, drink plenty of water during the day so that you won't be dehydrated at night. Um, also, go to bed in a relaxed state. Maybe try and do deep breathing for five minutes before you go to sleep. Very, very important sleep. Shift workers will more overweight than non-shift workers, so they really need to use techniques to improve their sleep. What is it specifically? I mean, is there like... Does it affect your metabolism or does it affect your hormones or something if you don't get the deep sleep and everything? Well, it, it affects detoxification, like your brain won't detoxify itself, so therefore there'll be brain inflammation and therefore your brain won't be able to respond correctly to the hunger hormones, right? Mm, hunger. And also, when you, go into, when you go into a deep sleep, you know, you restore your adrenal glands and your adrenal glands make adrenaline and cortisol. So if those hormones are out of balance, you're going to be tired. You're going to be less inclined to exercise. Oh, okay. So there's many reasons that poor sleep will cause weight gain. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Um, another, another one, like, I get a lot of questions on is... 
specific to like belly fat like people want to know specifically how to target belly fat is there is there a, um, a specific reason like people would gain weight in their belly specifically and something they can do about it yeah there is yeah well if you've got weight mainly accumulating in the upper part of the body so the abdomen and around the thorax that is due to insulin resistance um, so that will increase your risk of diabetes greatly and you've probably got a fatty liver as well. Mm. Um, whereas if you've got the weight gainer in your hips and thighs as a woman and you're mainly pear-shaped, that's more to do with estrogen dominance and lack of progesterone. So abdominal fat, that's a sign that you've got fatty liver and your insulin's too high and you could be pre-diabetic and mm. that often signals that there's a lot of fat inside your abdomen not just in the abdominal wall but around the pancreas around the intestines around the kidneys inside the liver that is dangerous so you can get that abdominal fat off by avoiding carbohydrates mm. and helping your liver helping your liver Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's all leading back to carbohydrates. <laughs> and okay. the liver. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Now, one yeah. one thing people turn to a lot. Um, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but it's it's definitely a serious issue. Is is like purging and stuff, um, where people you know, you know, throw up as a method to like lose weight. Have you ever dealt with those types of situations before? Um, people turn to protein, did you say? Uh, like purging, where they'll... I, um, purging, yeah, they take laxatives, yeah. Well, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work at all. Um, it, it, because it's very temporary, and um, it's much better to do a safe, gentle... 15 day cleanse um, so you're only going to cause a lot of inflammation in your gut by doing a, an extreme detox that doesn't work at all what, what I mean you can take things to reduce your appetite you know you can take bitter melon you can take gymnema sylvester um, you think there's a formula called metabastol with those herbs in it that reduces appetite but they don't purge, they just work on hunger hormones and they work on um, insulin metabolism. Um, but, you know, the extreme purging where people take laxatives or emestics, very bad. And often these people have an eating disorder, uh, such as bulimia or anorexia. Yeah. And these things can be addressed uh, by psychotherapy and... Uh, you know, working on people's self-esteem. This is all about self-esteem. You've got to get people to believe in themselves and to accept the way they are. I mean, who's got a perfect body? Well, I saw a photo of you. You look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, you know, not many people are able to get to that level where they look like an elite athlete. Mm. And I mean, I, people would say, I'm quite thin, I've always been thin, it's my genetics, some of us are genetically programmed 
put them away easily. Mm. There's definitely fat genes, but we can turn them off with the right diet, and the right minerals, and the right herbs. Um, and but you know, I'm close to seventy now, and you know, there's not that many people around the age of seventy that look like elite athletes. Mm. You know, people have got to learn to make the best of what they've got. Exercise is super important. I mean, I know that's your gig that you teach people to be fit and to be strong. It's so important um, to exercise. You, even otherwise, you're just going to lose weight and have weak muscles and won't be toned. Mm. Uh, but people strive for an unrealistic goal. You know, everybody's different. You've got to say, well, this, this is realistic for you. Mm-hmm. And let's work on that. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, particularly for a lot of young people, they just have really low self-esteem. And that's why they go to these extremes. And it's so dangerous and they don't get proper help they need. You know, I used to see patients with anorexia and they're very hard to treat anorexia virus. it's very dangerous you know 10% of these people die um, wow. and I learned you had to use reverse psychology so instead of telling them not to speak you tell them uh, you know, tell it, say again instead of telling them that they need to eat more you tell them well you don't need to eat so much but what about having these really good meals from them protein powder that will actually help you to lose weight more. So that's what they want to hear, mm-hmm. right? And then they will take the middle replacement and probably take their life. But these people are so out of touch with reality and who they really are that you have to use reverse psychology okay. to, to save their life. You know, it's very, very important to get the person's self-esteem and to understand the person and you know we, we have a big problem with eating disorders and I mean how many people go and have uh, gastric bypass very dangerous surgery and we have sleeve surgery gastric sleeve surgery look it's good you know some people will lose 100 pounds 150 pounds and it might save their life but unless they get their mental state back into the correct state of balance and happiness, they can put a lot of the weight back on because you still eat chocolate and drink chocolate milkshakes and sugar through a gastric sleeve. And a lot of them will put more percent, 50% of the weight back on because we didn't treat the cause. We didn't treat mm-hmm. that, pers- that person's low self-esteem and that they they didn't know how to satisfy themselves. Wow, yeah, that's that's a that's a really a good point. Some I didn't I don't even think too much about sometimes, but yeah, you're right. This that um, emotional state, treating that as the source of the problem, that's something to take seriously too. Yeah, yeah, it's very important, and you know, sometimes eating disorders are very dangerous. Understanding how to get into somebody's psyche and really motivate them is important. Right, right. Um, You just never give up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's very, very important. Now, one 
one other thing that I see people struggling with that I've seen it on two separate occasions that ended up being a big deal, but was people were taking medication and they were struggling really, they were really trying to lose weight and they couldn't. And they came later and told me that they had found out that the medicine they were taking was actually causing them to be overweight. Have you, uh... That's true. Yeah, well, if you're taking four or five different medications, then you're overworking your liver. Your liver has to break down those medications. So there'll be less energy left in the liver to burn fat. So, you know, particularly older people, uh, they'll often be taking a, a cholesterol-linked drug, an antihypertensive drug, perhaps an anti-inflammatory drug, an antidepressant, drugs to break off their stomach acid and their liver function is adversely impacted they'll put on weight mm, so you know if you improve a person's diet you're also getting those other problems aren't you you know you their blood pressure will come down the stomach acid will normalize uh, their inflammation will go down they won't need it as many medications. But that doesn't suit the drug company philosophy mm. if, you know, if we have too many healthy people, <laughs> we won't be able to sell our drugs. Exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes time, you know, to really help people. It takes a lot of time. It, it, you have to have that empathy. You have to have that compassion, passion. And you know, a lot of doctors are overworked, and I'm not blaming the doctors, but I I think it, that's why I think all organizations like Overeaters Anonymous are so good, because they get into people's psyche, and they give people understanding. And, you know, going to a personal, going to a gym where there's a holistic approach is very important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it's a huge area and it's not really being that well-managed, you know, it's, it's not holistic enough. And, you know, I've, I've had a, a website for 22 years called liverdoctor.com and we get emails from people from all over the world. And a lot of the time we just point them in the right direction uh, because as I say, people get stuck and they think, oh, been five different doctors and ten different naturopaths and five different personal trainers. They're not getting anywhere. But you know, you you really you need the right advice to heal yourself. Yeah. And you know, the right person to motiv motivate you. Even if you've been overweight twenty years, you can still get the weight off. But you've got to focus on what's really important is your health and your quality of life is not weighing yourself every day and getting frustrated. It's all about your headspace. Right, right. And just mm -hmm. probably just the little victories, right? Just, you know, making a little bit of improvement yeah. here and celebrating the little... If you lose a pound that, yeah. a week, I mean, that's a big deal, you know? You just, you're doing things right. And... Yeah, and you see that muscle improving, you feel your strength improving, your mental state, your clarity, energy. That's more important than what you weigh on the scales. Mm -hmm. 
And and even if you've had bariatric surgery to turn your stomach into a sleeve, you will not be successful if you don't address all the other factors. You won't be healthy. Mm. And you you can put on a lot of weight. We need to be continually nurtured by ourselves. That's a, yeah, that's that's really good um, points to make. Um, what about what about um, for the some people just think they're just genetically fat. Their family's fat. That their parents are fat, and yeah, they're, they're fat. It and can be that way. Yeah. Is that yeah, is that something? Fat genes. It is. Um, you know, we have discovered genes that greatly influence metabolism and size people and where they are put on the weight. What areas of your body will put on the weight is genetically determined. But we can turn off the bad genes and turn on the good genes by diet and lifestyle and our mental state and our environment. Um, look, a person who has got a fat gene is never going to be skinny, right? I mean, you see some people, they're really, really skinny. Mm. That's genetic. Unless they've got an eating disorder or, you know, a malabsorption or celiac disease or something. But, yeah, see, genes are very, very important. And people like to ban it. Oh, my mother was fat. My sister's huge. But you can influence the genome that you've inherited. I mean, how many people are going to have a body like Norm McPherson? There are a few. Um, but you've got to make the best of what you've got. And, you know, through exercise, you can really sculpt your body. And through the types of foods, you can change the shape of your body. So that you optimize what you've inherited. Gotcha, gotcha. So just because, yeah. so do the genes could affect your body's, the way your body's going to handle the weight and the shape and everything like that. But you, you still have the power to affect, you know, um, improving it and making it the best that it can be. You don't have to, you can still lose a lot of fat and still be healthy. Absolutely. Anyone can lose weight. There's many ways to lose weight. Um, there's healthy ways that I promote. Um, there's effective, long lasting ways, which I promote. Um, and no matter what you do, it is persistence. It's the way of life. Uh, you know, people who have a fat gene, you know, they put on weights when they have one crumb of a cake, um, you know, they'll often go and have a sleep. But they will still put a lot of the weight back on if they don't know how to eat to turn off the bad genes. Mm. And, and look, it's amazing. You know, if, if people who are insulin resistant, that's the gene. If they have carbohydrates, the kids turn straight into fat. Or if somebody who is what I call a thyroid body type, four different body types, if they eat carbohydrates, well, it's different, so you can turn it into fat. They actually struggle to put weight on. So the genes are very, very important. Um, and you, if you understand your type of metabolism, which goes with your body type, you'll have all the foods that you turn into fat. Interesting. You don't have to 
starve, even if you've got the fat gene, you don't have to be hungry. And there's supplements, you know, you've got berberine, you've got magnesium, got selenium, iodine. Minerals are very important. You know, the minerals that our body needs to regulate our genes, like selenium has a huge benefit on our genes. It repairs gene damage and, and it can upregulate good genes so that they manifest more, you know, in a stronger immune system and a better thyroid function. And that's funny, it's our way. So you always have positive mentality. And it's wonderful today as we've got all the evidence, we've got all the studies that show that we can influence our bad genes ourselves. We're a lot more powerful than we think. Um, yeah, yeah. It's all like you were saying in the beginning. It's about what you believe, right? <laughs> if you believe you can, you can. Yeah, if, that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what, what is your thoughts on... Because um, when I went through this government-ran program in the United States for the military to lose weight, and it was this eight-week course, and during that course, they did focus a lot on eating healthy and the types of foods are important. They, did, they didn't go into the detail that you just went into and explain why, which would have made a lot more sense, but their main focus during that course was energy in versus energy out, the amount of food that you eat compared to the amount of energy you burn throughout the day. That was literally the main focus of the entire eight weeks was that if you eat, if you eat um, less or than your body uses, then at the end of the week, you're going to lose weight. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there is truth in that, but it's not as simple as that. <laughs> Um, because if you eat an avocado, it has quite a lot of calories. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, because it's high in fat. Um, but because it won't elevate insulin, you won't turn it into fat. You'll turn it for energy. If you eat the equivalent calories in bread or cake, that will elevate your insulin and insulin will turn that register into fat. It's not as simple as calories in, calories out. And this is uh, why people struggle because if they have got problems with their genes or they have nutritional deficiencies that impact on their hormone function, or they're overloaded with toxins, they will struggle with the rate of weight loss. And you could, you could take 100 people and put them on exactly the same amount of calories a day, but the rate of weight loss will vary a lot because of the individual metabolism yeah. and their nutritional status. Yeah, I 100% I agree with it's you. It's valid what they're yeah. saying. And you know, it, it's good to keep things simple, and it works for a lot of people. But we're talking about the problem cases, aren't we? Where people really struggle and they give up, and so they go to people like you, people like me, 
looking, they know that something's missing. They know mm. that they're trying very hard and they should be losing weight, but they're not. Mm. So we see a jigsaw puzzle and we got to find the missing pieces. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I remember this one girl, she told me, she said she couldn't take any less calories because she was already down to a thousand calories um, a day but she couldn't lose any more weight. She wasn't keeping the weight off. And that's, yeah. and I think that falls exactly into what you were saying. The, she'd reached a point where she couldn't <laughs> take any less calories, but she wasn't losing weight. And it was, had to have been some yeah. of these other issues you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Well, it's a fascinating subject, and uh, perhaps we should talk more about it at another time. Um, but I think we've probably Given people so much information. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yes, I think. Yeah, perhaps we should talk at another time and look at in depth, more in depth. Yeah, know? yeah. That, um, I'm sure we definitely yeah. could. Yeah, and and break things down a bit, and uh, you know maybe people will contact you with some questions, Thanks. and then we could explore the answers for them. Well. Absolutely, and I would, I'll definitely take you up on that and hit you up at another time. I know we've ran out of time today. We've definitely overloaded everyone with information, but I do want to thank you. <laughs> we have. <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you for such a great um, an interview. I'm sure all the people that are struggling to lose weight in our audience, you know, learned a ton from all this information about medical conditions and that there is just so much more into it than you know, and you, you is on the surface really so thank you for sharing thank you for sharing your your expertise and experience so graciously um do you have any closing remarks that you would like to share with the audience though before we close out the interview well just look if people have any questions they can go to liverdoctor.com and email us um they can send in any questions to oliver um and Oliver can pick some questions that he would like to explore with me. I think that's a good one. And um, I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, yes. And um, next time we talk, I'm gonna I want to get your story because I'm sure um, with all your experience, you know, the audience would benefit a lot knowing your backstory and how you got to where you are. Uh, I've, got some, I've got some funny stories. <laughs> 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 all right, so. Really interesting, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to send me a copy of this interview too, Oliver. Oh, I'd that would... i to have a copy of it. You want a copy? Absolutely, you definitely... We'll, we'll, we'll put you on our website too, because... You know, it's good to uh, talk to someone your age and, you know, you look fantastic. Uh, it's quite funny. I know I shouldn't be cheeky, but um, some of my staff, they sent me your email and said, oh, this guy called Oliver, he wants to do an interview with you. And I looked at the picture and I said, yes, yeah, sure. And um, I said, you know, a young, handsome, fit-looking man like this, I don't get asked to do many interviews like this <laughs> they all laughed uh, but you know you're an inspiration you look great and uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, you're helping a lot of people well thank you so much for that uh, 
Dr. Cabot, that's very, um, I appreciate the compliment. You know, I do uh, work hard at that. So, so, so um, yeah, good on you. Yeah. And, um, all right, well, I am going to uh, try to be a little bit more fitter, like you, get some inspiration from you, do a few more weights. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, thank you again, yeah. Dr. Cabot, for sharing with us, and thank you to everyone that's listening in our audience and joining us for this amazing interview with one of the top weight loss experts around today. Again, I'm Oliver Carlin. Thank you for joining us on the Internalized Weight Loss Podcast. And again, I highly recommend that you check out Dr. Cabot's website, as she mentioned earlier, www.liverdoctor.com for more amazing content on losing weight and the medical conditions and all those medical conditions she brought up during this interview. She's, she's written a ton of books that you can benefit from. I highly recommend you pick those up and read those as well. And uh, other than that, thank you again and have a great day. Would you like to see how to internalize weight loss by just spending a few minutes a day for the next two months and never spend another dime on another weight loss program ever again? If so, head over to my website at internalizeweightloss.com.